Miracy. For many people, the body moves at a slightly slower pace than the mind. And so when we're having a coaching conversation, you know, sometimes things can get really animated and it can like all move really quickly. I'm someone who I think at any point in, in coaching, allowing for silence, allowing for that space is super valuable. It's one of the most valuable parts. Are you curious about a coaching approach that goes beyond the mind? We're going to have fun with this topic because your body holds untapped wisdom, a key to unlocking profound personal growth. And in this episode, we're delving into body wisdom. What is it? How do you tune into your body's intelligence and reshape your coaching? I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. Join me on this exploration of today's topic, body wisdom. Discover how using body wisdom in your coaching may not only shift, but profoundly redefine your approach, bringing about transformative changes for your clients. So stay tuned. Today, I've invited Dr. Eve Agee back to the show. She's a leader in the field of coaching and is the founder of the Transform Coaching Academy. She is also a best-selling author and an anthropologist with extensive expertise in shamanism and holistic healing. Welcome back, Eve. Melinda, thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited to have you back, and I love this topic. And before we get into it, would you mind sharing just a little bit about your background for those of our listeners that haven't listened to your previous episode? Sure. Thank you. Well, I've been a coach for over 22 years, and I accidentally got into coaching. I had actually never even heard of coaching <laughs> when I eventually got into it. And I had already trained in shamanism for many years beforehand and also other kinds of holistic health. And I had recently finished my PhD. I was working for the White House and I found coaching and ended up training in it, falling in love with it and starting my practice in Washington, D.C. And combining the best of coaching with practices from shamanism and from various healing modalities and various cultural non-Western cultures. And then a few years later, I ended up creating the Transform Coaching Academy, where I've trained hundreds of people across the world to be successful, powerful coaches. Now, today's topic, we're going to get into body wisdom. And so let's start with what that actually means. What is body wisdom? What is it in coaching? Well, body wisdom is really connecting to the wisdom within and understanding that our intelligence is much more than just our mind or our brain. It's our entire body. And this comes really from many indigenous and non-Western cultures throughout the world. And even in European culture, it wasn't until enlightenment that the idea of the mind became separate from the body. And this, this concept that the mind is separate from the body has some really particular historical context that it started, but it's a fallacy. We now know from all this amazing modern research, including a lot of neuroscience, that our minds and our intelligence are deeply integrated and connected within our body. And 
that we actually hold intelligence and insights throughout our entire body. So as coaches, when we're maintaining presence, when we're connecting with a coaching mindset and present with our clients, we're able to tap in to that body wisdom in really powerful ways and have insights and often intuitive flashes that maybe we wouldn't have if we were just in our mind. And that can be really transformative for our clients. Mm -hmm. I know one of the things that I tell our students a lot, because we help coaches build their business, we're working on the back end, systems, processes, technologies. It's a lot of mind that's involved. And it usually leads to the crinkle in the forehead. And it's like, okay, let's smooth that out. And one of the things that I tell them is we got to get out of the mind and get into our body. And often they'll be like, what? And I'm like, just stick with me because we can't just approach it only from our mind. We have to bring our whole self to our business, to our coaching, to serving our clients so we can be our best. So what are some examples of getting out of our head so we're not only using the mind in our coaching and working with our clients, but how do we get into our body? What are some examples of body wisdom that you can tap into the experiences and sensations and learn from that? Well, one of the best ways to do it is through breathing. I've been using breath work my entire career as a coach. If we each are focusing on deep breathing, it actually helps us on a very powerful energetic level to get in contact with our body's wisdom and to just be more present in our bodies. I love that you're guiding people as they're working on their business to actually get out of their heads at least somewhat and into their bodies. It's such a powerful way to be in that flow because then they have so much more access to insight and just their intuition and all these different strengths that might not come to us if we're only in our heads. Other things that we can do as coaches to help ourselves are, are different mindful practices. You know, some people like to focus on feeling and sensations and touch and just really getting present with each part of their body before going into a coaching session. Other people like to maybe do some movement. Movement's an excellent way to get in touch with our bodies, you know? So instead of just sitting at a computer all day, getting up and, and moving in whatever way is available for someone can be really powerful. And it can be simple. Yeah. I mean, I've been to so many events and webinars and workshops in the coaching industry over the 20 years I've been doing this. And so frequently you'll hear the speaker or the host say, put your hand on your heart. Boom, you have just experienced body wisdom. You're now getting not just in your mind to think through it intellectually, but you're bringing the sensation to your heart. So you're opening up that aspect of your body, your being, your energy. And just doing that, the breath goes deeper. When we bring more breath in, we're bringing more of that life-supporting energy instead of the stress hormones running through our body. So even just as something is, put your hand on your heart. It doesn't have to be weird or awkward. I know a lot of people are like, oh God, what are you going to make me do? But it can be as simple as put your hand on your heart or take three deep breaths. I had an interesting experience. I love yoga. And for the longest time, I thought it was weird. I never did yoga. And then I tried it and I'm like, wow, this, this feels good. So I started doing more of it. And I wanted to deepen my own practice. And so I went through a yoga teacher training certification program. I had zero desire to ever be a yoga teacher, but I just wanted greater practice for myself. And one of the things that I realized is that if I had a client 
that was stuck on a situation, whatever the situation was, it didn't matter. If my coaching through listening, questioning, reframing, all of my coaching skills that I had, if that wasn't making headway with the client, I could say, if they liked yoga or were open to it, let's take it to the mat. And I could take them through some simple movements, even just a you know, a forward fold, breathing in, bringing the arms up and bringing your hands to your heart center. Even just as simple as that, I could ask them, where do you feel the tension in your body? And then begin exploring a different way of addressing their stuck spot. How does that relate to what you're experiencing in XYZ situation? And now the body could help inform the situation where the mind could only be stuck. I didn't do it a lot, but my clients that I did it with, we had so much fun when I would say, let's just take it to the mat and see what happens. Do you have other experiences like that? Like, how do you weave it into your sessions? Oh, I have done all sorts of different things. I've had clients who've wanted to move during sessions. So instead of meeting on the phone or meeting in an office, I met them outside in a park. Yeah you know, or someplace. So we could walk around, we could move, we could connect with nature, you know, do yoga, stretching. I've actually done coaching sessions with people who are in water, who are in, you know, a pool or, or in a river. I, I use the breath a lot, getting people in touch with different parts of their body and, and gentle movement, whatever's, you know, good for them. So, I mean, there's so many different ways to do this. And I think the main thing is really honoring what, what lights the person up, you know, what, mm-hmm. what feels good for that person and helping them explore in new ways. Because just like you said, I mean, you noticed when you did this, it just opened up so much flow. You know, yeah. we get connected to that creativity. We get connected to those like endorphins and those feel-good hormones in so many different ways. It just really creates a lot of flow and movement and it's it can be really powerful. Yeah. You mentioned the neuroscience behind it. I've had several other episodes where we've gotten into that topic because I, I geek out on that topic. I love it. And one of the things that I've learned in my minimal experience with it is when we can tap into the body, whether through movement, like we've been talking about, the breath, what we're doing in that moment is bringing in the life-enhancing, life-supporting energy into our body through that. If we just stay in our brain, when that crinkle forms, what I know is you're in your brain too much, and as a result, you're only hearing your fears, your doubts, your shouldas, couldas, wouldas, villains, like all that is swirling around, and you're doing your best to combat that. And when you're in that kind of crinkled forehead state, shoulders or like you have no neck anymore. You're only breathing to your collarbone. Like when you're in that kind of place, creativity can't happen. And you're running on, you know, adrenaline, cortisol, the stress hormones that tear your body down. Flow does not happen from there. But when Mm -hmm. we can take the body wisdom and bring that in, now we fuel our being with life-supporting hormones, chemicals that lift us up, that tap us into our creativity. Now, I know very little about somatic healing and that, and I want to ask you some questions about that in just a minute. But what I've learned is that a lot of people think the mind informs the body, but really it's the other way around. The body is informing the mind. Can you speak to that? Sure. I mean, there's so many different examples of that. So if we take an example that a lot of people experience, I know I've experienced trauma or PTSD. 
often we're holding that trauma someplace in the body, maybe different, multiple places in the body. And when we try to address that from only using the mind, unfortunately, it doesn't, it doesn't open us up for healing and a softening around that. Yeah. And so when we can softly get in touch with those parts of us, those parts of our body where we're storing those memories or that trauma and maybe using the breath or visualization or gentle movement or energy healing, we can really start to heal that part of us. And I feel like often trauma or PTSD is often trapped in the moment where the trauma happened and in the terror, you know, someone was experiencing. And so when we come, when we come to it through connecting with the body, there's a kind of compassion and gentleness, as long as we, we do it with compassion and loving kindness, that can really open up to healing. And then we can start integrating what's happening in the body with what's happening in the mind and bring in some really profound healing and awareness and insights. Yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned trauma and I've got a friend and he makes a distinction. He's, he calls it, sometimes you have trauma with a capital T and sometimes it's trauma with a little T. It doesn't have to be the big, heavy, dramatic things in our life. It can be the small things that are big in our body and we've got to mm -hmm. pay attention to that. So when somebody is bringing body wisdom into coaching, what are some of the things that they need to be mindful of as the coach holding the space for the person? Are there challenges that they need to be aware of when they're navigating this? So I think it's really important to first have actually done some of this with yourself, either with someone else or had some training in it or had some sessions. So you've experienced it yourself. Doing it ourselves, using the tools ourselves first will give us a better idea of the experience in general. And so that would be one step. The, the next part is having the capacity as a coach to be present for really deep emotions emerging, right? Being able to understand that whatever's coming up for the client, even if it may look like it's not directly related to the agreement you've set at the beginning of the session, that it's probably incredibly related. And to be able to get curious in a very gentle, and I would say grounded and centered and slower way, because when you're guiding a client to connect with body wisdom, and it, this is different for different people, but for many people, the body moves at a slightly slower pace than the mind. And so when we're having a coaching conversation, you know, sometimes things can get really animated and it can like all move really quickly. I'm someone who I think at any point in, in coaching, allowing for silence allowing for that space is super valuable. It's one of the most valuable parts, I think, of the client experience. So when you're connecting with body wisdom, really allowing for that space, speaking slowly, giving yourself plenty of time to process, giving the client plenty of time to process in a way that really honors the client and lets them go deep because often if they're connecting to some body wisdom that they haven't connected to before, they may not be consciously aware of it. And they may actually be having some pretty big insights and ahas, 
or they might need more time to sort of process it and connect. And so just having a real gentle, present and compassionate approach to using this in coaching. What are some of the challenges you've seen when coaches bring body wisdom into their practice and working with the clients and how do you navigate those? I think the challenges are mainly for new coaches or coaches who aren't trained and so haven't really developed a strong sense of maintaining presence or a strong sense of dealing with challenging emotions. As new coaches, often we're judging ourselves and we're, we're thinking about the coaching a lot, right? Or if there's coaches who aren't really in touch with their own bodies too much, who haven't done that sort of work, which is normal. I mean, particularly Western society spent hundreds of years socializing people not to be in touch with their bodies. So of course, it's natural that a lot of people may have some concerns about tapping in deeply to their own body wisdom. So if that's going on for a coach, I would certainly recommend to trust the coaching process to really as much as possible, let go of judging yourself or your coaching performance, because the moment you let go of judging your coaching performance, the more you're able to actually maintain presence and embody coaching in a really powerful way. Because I do know some new coaches who've, who've had clients, you know, all of a sudden they're, they're getting them in touch with their body wisdom and some really deep stuff comes up that seems overwhelming, maybe for the coach or for the client, right? And so if that happens, if, if someone's a coach and, and this is coming up, I think it's important to remember, you don't have to resolve everything that comes up in every coaching session, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can always go back to your fundamentals of coaching, of active listening, mirroring or summarizing, asking open-ended questions, you know? And what I would recommend if that happens to someone is again, taking it slow and using those fundamental tools and guiding the session and guiding the client to their own truth and to what they need in the moment to process whatever's coming up. Yeah. I know another challenge that I've seen, I had this experience and I've heard others shared as well. When bringing this approach into coaching, it will often reveal trauma, like you said, it could be capital mm -hmm. T trauma or little t trauma, mm -hmm. but it will reveal that, that they weren't even aware that it was something that was an issue. It might've been like, oh, I know that happened, but I'm fine. I'm okay. I got this. It's okay. All is good. Let's focus on this. And then as you get into the coaching and you bring this in, it brings up just how okay that is not. Because when we're tapping into the body, it could be uncovering things that people weren't willing to look at. They cut it mm -hmm. off. And so I think that's a challenge is knowing what it might bring up and knowing as a coach where you can go with a topic and when it's appropriate to bring in other modalities. Now, can you share a coaching experience where tapping into body wisdom made a crucial difference for a client? I mean, obviously protecting the confidentiality of the client, but is there is there an experience that you could share that it went beyond just, you know, traditional coaching methods? Yeah, let me think of one. That's a great question. So I'm thinking of someone and she'd been extraordinarily successful and was also having some resistance around various things. And through helping her tap into her body wisdom, and I think we were probably doing it through deep breathing and visualization, actually, because visualization is a great way to help people tap into their body wisdom as well. I was help, had guided her to, to get in touch with the part of her body where 
she was feeling sensations, which were sensations of tightness, discomfort, wanting to run away, you know, and so it guided her to get in touch with that. And then through a visualization, guided her to really connect with it. And it wasn't particularly like a trauma she had experienced. It was more kind of symbolic because sometimes when people get in touch with their body wisdom, they're going, they're going to connect with something more on a symbolic level than maybe something that specifically happened. They're processing it differently. So she was able to get in touch with it more in a symbolic way and see how the situation she was in, which was a leadership situation, and she was really excelling, but she was also experiencing a lot of fear and a lot of feeling very exposed. And she didn't understand exactly why, but there was a lot of vulnerability coming up. And so by doing this, she was able to get in touch with her body wisdom and sort of understand where that came from. I remember at the end of the session, she was like, what just happened? <laughs> it, was, it was like one of those things that it produced a really profound transformation that was really powerful personally and how she felt in her actual body. And it was also really powerful professionally and helped her really sort of hone her leadership skills and ability to, to be present and feel comfortable because she was really achieving and accomplishing a lot. It was super powerful. Those kinds of instances can actually often be almost life-changing for people. Yeah. And a lot of times what I find with my experience, if I'm working with my coach or going through this experience, the external may not look a whole lot different, but the internal feels dramatically different, how we mm -hmm. think, how we see, how we feel. And in that, we approach, we bring ourselves into our work, our family, our life, whatever it is, in very different ways. Now, earlier I talked about somatic healing, right? And somatic healing, somatic awareness is, you know, just understanding the sensations, the movements, the body, and tapping into that awareness. What role do you see somatic awareness plays in deepening the connection between coach and client? And how can we foster that awareness? I think it's huge, actually. And I think somatic awareness is, is really powerful for relationships in general. And having that somatic awareness, I think it just helps us be way more present with people mm -hmm. as coaches, as well as others in our lives. And it gives us more access to our emotions and also to our intuition, which is a really powerful piece of coaching. So developing that somatic awareness, both for the coach and the client, I mean, it builds a stronger connection. It builds more trust yeah. for sure. And in that trust, then clients can like open up so much more to vulnerability for themselves as well as with the coach. So it really can kind of create coaching miracles. Yeah. I find that it creates a sense of safety, especially when as a coach, I can model this with my clients and I can do it with them, not just talk them through it. You know, if it's a dance break or shaking or breath, hand on heart, but like whatever it is, if I can model that for them, it creates a sense of safety is mm -hmm. what I've heard my clients share with me. And they say it feels awkward at first, but they're very trusting and that trust creates that vulnerability and they go deeper and have bigger breakthroughs. I find that they have greater progress. I, I think it's a powerful part of creating that relationship. 
that goes beyond just coaching a much more intimate relationship. I agree. Yeah. It helps them be more intimate with themselves as well. And then more intimate with the coach and it's, it's super powerful. Now looking ahead, do you anticipate body wisdom becoming a more integral part of coaching methodologies? I think so, in part because like so many people who are coaches now are trained in multiple modalities. Yeah. And, you know, even people doing corporate coaching and leadership coaching these days are are really interested in mindfulness and breath work and yoga and movement and, you know, energy healing. So we've got people in all all different kinds of modalities these days. I I feel like many people who are drawn to coaching now are really interested in in embodiment and in healing and are bringing that kind of wisdom and spirituality and just mindfulness and consciousness to coaching. So yeah, yeah, I think it's a big piece. It's a big piece of raising consciousness. Yeah. And that's what we're here for and particularly, you know, I think over the last few years it's it's really come to the forefront how much trauma people have experienced. Like you talked about the big T and the little T, in many ways, people have been really cut off from their bodies. And it's super clear that that doesn't work for anyone, Yeah, that that yeah. is not successful. And, you know, corporations and lots of places have now realized that doesn't work. And, you know, there's just a more embodied approach, I think, in general to culture yeah. right now. I think it's going to be how coaches begin to stand apart now that coaching is going mainstream and... I mean, with the ripple effects just about the pandemic, I don't even think we begin to touch on the surface of all the impact that that time frame had on us. And I think as coaches and the leaders that people are turning to, it's going to help us to bring this into our practice to serve our clients in bigger and better ways. And we could go on and on and on about this topic. And I just want to summarize some of the things that we've talked about today and I love that we started our conversation talking about how body wisdom is, you know, it's and our intelligence is much more than our brain. It actually, our brain is informed by our body and trauma, no matter what it is, lives in many places in our body. We talked about what do you need to be mindful of as you're integrating body wisdom into your coaching practice and some of the things to pay attention to. We talked about a couple of the challenges. And I love what you said when you said, you know, the body moves at a slightly slower pace than the brain. And so as coaches, we have to hold that space for our clients to move in a different way than if they're just using the brain. I loved that awareness. And I really loved what we said there at the end, where by bringing this into our practice and modeling it, it creates that sense of safety, which creates the opportunity for deeper trust and greater vulnerability. It just helps our clients get bigger breakthroughs. So Eve, do you have any parting words for our listeners on today's topic? Well, I just want to say, you know, connecting with your body is one of the, really the richest things you could do. And we all have the ability to do it. Uh, I didn't talk about it at all, really, but I also have a PhD in anthropology and uh, spent quite a bit of time really being honored to get to do research with indigenous people in various parts of the world. And most as far as I know, all indigenous cultures are really all about leadership through body wisdom. And so I believe this is deeply ingrained in the human consciousness, collective consciousness, even though 
It also, the last several hundred years in Western society was tried to be socialized out, out of us, if you want to say it in that way. The more we can connect to our body wisdom and really our whole self, which is one of the goals of coaching is to help people connect with their whole self, the more aligned we become with our values. So I really encourage anyone who's, who's moved to do this to you know, play around with it, focus on it, and yeah, enjoy it because it, it really is transformative. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Dr. Eve Agee for this incredible conversation and coming back to the show. You can find out more about her at transformcoachingacademy.com. That's transformcoachingacademy.com. And in the show notes, you're going to find additional links to her website and other special resources that she has for you. I encourage you to listen to her previous episode as well. Eve, thank you so much for coming to the show. Oh, Melinda, thank you so much for being here. It's always an honor. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Once Upon a Business and Making It. To catch the great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Mirror CFM's YouTube channel or your favorite podcast player. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment or a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you, and see you next time.